Hello and welcome to Motorsport Week's F1 podcast series, Motorsport Speak, the show we discuss about the latest things happening in the world of Formula One. Tom Kelly's your host alongside Izzy Holman, who is with me for our Azerbaijan Grand Prix preview show in Baku that is staging its race this weekend for the sixth round of the Formula One World Championship. Lewis Hamilton may have won three races to Max Verstappen's two, but it's the Dutchman who is ahead in the title battle by only four points. Hello, Izzy. How are we? And we've got the Azerbaijan Grand Prix returning after a year hiatus in Baku this weekend. How are you feeling for it? I'm excited. Um, Baku has always been one of my uh, favourite circuits. Uh, so I'm excited to see who can sort of be the last of the late breakers, as Martin Brundle likes to say, uh, <laughs> into that turn one. And hopefully we'll get a little bit of controlled chaos. Yeah, and we've had four races in Baku in the past. The first one that was staged is the European Grand Prix back in 2016. Mercedes seem to have a very good hold in terms of the um, the Azerbaijan's, uh, well, the Baku City circuit's uh, characteristics. They've won all but one race, um, the one everyone, apart from the 2017 race, that saw its carnage of itself, um, something that we um, could anticipate in Baku this weekend. Now, we've seen that Mercedes and Red Bull have shown some strong pace over the course of the season. Ferrari, from what we saw in Monaco, they could have easily come away with that victory there. They feel that they have had the best opportunity and wasted of going for a victory in 2021. But how will they be feeling about Baku? Um, well, I think, you know, their fight is definitely, Ferrari's fight is definitely with um, McLaren. McLaren were also very strong. Well, Lando Norris was very strong in, in Monaco. So I think they'll be focusing on trying to get as high as they can and definitely being in front of McLaren. Um, in terms of Mercedes and Red Bull, um, I think obviously Mercedes had a bit of a, an awful weekend in Monaco um, and they'll definitely be wanting to come back stronger. And, you know, as you say, they are traditionally very strong around um, at Baku. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we had... Uh, at least one Mercedes on the podium. Yeah, of course. And Mercedes will be looking to bounce back after that disastrous weekend in Monaco where they, it didn't exactly show the best of pace. They had the wheel nut maladies in um, in the pit stop when Bottas came in. They finally got the wheel um, removed, or the wheel nut removed um, from the axle itself or from the front right. Now they're going to be looking ahead to make sure that it doesn't happen again and some more points um, in the title race. Let's have a look at the championship standings then as Formula 1 goes to Baku this week, weekend for the sixth round of 23 in the 2021 FIA Formula World Championship. Max Verstappen is the championship leader by four points over Lewis Hamilton, 105, playing 101. Lando Norris is in third place on 56 points with his latest podium at Monte Carlo. Valtteri Bottas down to fourth on 47, who has had two non-finishes to his name so far this season. Sergio Perez in fifth, on 44. Schellica in sixth place on 40. Then it's Carlos Sainz in seventh for McLaren, on, not for McLaren, for Ferrari. I've got echoes of last year in the back of my mind. Carlos Sainz in seventh for Ferrari on 38 points. Dan Ricciardo in eighth for McLaren on 24. Pierre Gasly in ninth on 16 points. And it's Pierre and it's uh, Esteban Ocon in 10th on 12 points. Making up the top 10 there. Sebastian Vettel, who got his first points of the season last time out in Monaco, he's in 11th on 10. Lance Stroll in 12th on 9. Then it's Fernando Alonso in 13th for Alpine on 5 points. It's Yuki Tsunoda in 14th on 2. And then Giovinazzi getting Alfa Romeo's first point at the Principality as well. He's on 1 point, leaving 5 drivers who have yet to score points so far. They are Kimi Raikkonen, George Russell, Nicholas Latifi, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. 
In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull are ahead by only a point from Mercedes. It's the first time in eight years that they are leading the Constructors' Championship. 149 points, playing Mercedes' 148. Then it's McLaren in third place, only two points ahead of Ferrari, 80 points, playing 78. Then it's Aston Martin in fifth place, who are only a point clear of Alfa Tauri and another point ahead of Alpine. So two points separating those three teams from Aston Martin in fifth to Alpine in seventh. Aston Martin have 19, Alfa Tauri have 18, and Alpine have 17. Then it's Alfa Romeo in eighth with one point ahead of Williams and Haas who have yet to get off the mark in 2021. So back here this weekend, which could end up, you know, being one of those crazy races, um, is it? And in case you want to know when everything starts, it all starts on Friday with free practice one at 9.30 British summer time. Then it's practice two at one o'clock in the afternoon. Then it's practice three on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock British summer time. And qualifying beginning at one, and then the race starts is at 1 p.m. British summer time. And I have to say it's going to be fairly standard in terms of the timings, but could the racing provide something incredible for Baku? Well, I'm hoping so. Um, you know, I think we always always hope for, for good racing. Um, and I think, you know, traditionally we've had safety cars, virtual safety cars, Danny Ricardo reversing into Daniel Kvyat, which was the last time we raced there, that, you know, just um, the Red Bulls crashing into each other. I think Sebastian Vettel getting very irritated with Lewis Hamilton behind the safety car and sort of driving into him. Um, you know, we've had lots of different incidents that have um, become sort of talked about uh, after afterwards, you know, they stick in my mind. Um, I actually didn't realise I remembered all of those things, but I'm pretty sure they all happened in Baku. Um, too long ago, so I can give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a high chance of, of a really good race, um, and that's definitely what I'm rooting for. Yeah, and one driver who'll be hoping for if, as good of a weekend, if not better, is Sergio Perez, who has been on the podium twice in Baku in the inaugural race in 2016 and in 2018 when he got Force India's last two podiums in Formula One before they became racing point. And you have to say, with him in the Red Bull, and given the controversial, the controversial limbo wing, that's been going around in the Formula One paddock. You have to say Red Bull are going to be very much in the fight for um, something this weekend. And if Mercedes uh, choose to protest it or any of the other teams, that could throw another spanner into the mix, couldn't it? Yeah, well, um, as we know from last season, they love to protest things. Um, I mean, fair enough. It's a very tight sport and it's very competitive and you've got to have, uh, you know, all the, all the weapons in your arsenal. It'll be definitely interesting to see the uh, flexi wing or the limbo wing um, uh, on, on the Red Bull and, and how much that impacts uh, them, them on the straights. Um, but, you know, then again, Mercedes have always been very strong. And I think there's something about the Mercedes front wing also moving around in a similar sort of manner. Well, obviously not similar manner, but, you know, sort of stretching the rules and things like that as well um, that could also complicate things. You know, I mean, I'm sure if, if something, if, if Toto protests the, the Red Bull wings, you bet Christian Horner's going to find something on their car to protest back or at least try to. Um, but yeah, it could definitely throw a spanner in the works. I mean, last year when Aston Martin were, were racing point, they basically lost third in the championship because of the protest against them. Um, I think they would have had enough points to be third in, in the Constructors Championship if they hadn't lost those points because of that protest. So it definitely, you know, can make or break. And right now, obviously, there's the... Um, 
championships very close so they'll be trying to to find anything they can to take points off of each other for sure and given how mclaren have done so far this season their fight with ferrari for third place in the constructors is very much hotting up now with ferrari getting slightly uh, slightly more points than mclaren in monaco but they're still behind them by a couple of points but i think to be honest at this stage of the season you know whether it's a one-point gap or a two-point gap between teams who are fighting with rivals it's pretty much nothing at this point when we're only done five races there's still another 18 more to go yeah you know absolutely it's a long season um and anything can happen and we've got you know triple headers coming up and you know, you obviously don't want big crashes, but, you know, if something were to happen and they couldn't rebuild cars in between weekends, you know, it, the, the triple headers put a lot of strain on on everyone, not just drivers, the teams, people in the factory. Um, so, you know, there's kind of pressure, obviously pressure always mounts up over a season, but with sort of a couple of, or three different triple headers, I think coming up, then, you know, that maybe could impact it. But yeah, you know, we've only had five races. It's a long season and still anything can happen. You mentioned Aston Martin there, who in previous years has either Force India or Racing Point. They tend to go well in Baku, but what can we expect from them this weekend? Because, you know, the, the floor, I think the change of floor for this year is what um, has wounded them in, in their um, performance um, pursuits. But do you think Baku will be one of the best opportunities for them to score good points as well as they did as, in Monaco? Or do you think it's going to be very much from what we've seen from them normally over the course of 2021? Well, I think, you know, there's always a chance that they can do slightly better and, you know, hopefully they can carry on a bit of momentum from Monaco. Um, but, I mean, I for me, it is clear that Ferrari and McLaren are, are both, you know, quite far ahead um, of them in, in that battle. Um, so, I mean, they could do better, but I still, I don't think they're going to be sort of as strong as, as a Ferrari or a McLaren. Yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult. I mean, I still expect the likes of Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari to still be, let's say, in those top eight positions in the race. Aston Martin, I think, once again, they're going to be in the realms of fighting for the lower end of points. So either getting two points from it or one point from it or getting three. I think that's maybe, that has to be their target to try and get into Q3 with at least one of their cars. But Alfa Tari and Alpine and possibly Alfa Romeo as well, they'll be aiming for that same goal. And I think Aston Martin is going to be for a tough time in them, Baku. I think what's going to save them, what's going to save their weekend, I think, is perhaps safety cars or incidents that see others um, dropping out of it. And these are one, I think, out of all the races where I think Aston Martin is going to score good points at, I think Azerbaijan has to be um, one of them. Because I don't see them getting anything from Paul Ricard. Don't see them really getting anything from either of the races in Austria or at Silverstone or in Hungary. So I think they're going to be in for a tough time and I think they've got to make most of the opportunity in Baku if they really want to get anything out of it and keep hold of fifth place in the um, Constructors' Championship, which is not where they necessarily want to be compared to where they were last year as a racing point. But I think this year, I think they've got to look at it as a consolidation year before they can look ahead to 2022, where it could not necessarily be an equaliser because I still think the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull, who are very well equipped with the facilities that they have to put together a really, really strong car, I still think Aston Martin have got ground to make up to get to where they want to be, you know, as a fully-fledged Grand Prix team. Yeah, you know, as you say, I think when, you know, in races where we do get safety cars or virtual safety cars sort of quite regularly, um, we do 
you know, it's it's those races that the teams that are sort of at the lower end of the midfield need to really capitalise on to um, sort of mop up those those last points paying positions. Um, and yeah, as you say, I think I'd agree that I think Aston Martin definitely should hopefully be able to take advantage of that this weekend. Another team which has sort of baffled me a little bit this year is Alpine, because the first couple of races, they weren't anywhere near close enough to the rest of the field. Whereas in Portugal and Spain, they were very much right up there with performance-wise. And in Monaco, they still got a couple of points out of it. So Alpine are one of the more unpredictable teams to look at this year. And I think Baku, is they're going to go into it in a sort of limbo, with that limbo feel, um, you know, for when it comes to racing in Baku. What, what can we expect from um, Alpine this weekend? Yeah, I think they are definitely sort of a bit unpredictable. Sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not quite. Um, but I think, um, you know, hopefully Fernando Alonso is getting the experience in the car after his couple of years out, you know, and that, you know, he's getting stronger and stronger every race, hopefully, you would think. Um, and Espen Ocon, I mean, he scored a couple of points in uh, Monaco, I think. And um, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to, they've kind they're sort of getting there, I think, you know, they've, you know, Portugal and Spain, they were, they were better. So hopefully they're sort of carrying on a little bit of momentum and they'll, um, they'll get somewhere, somewhere in the points. What about Alvatari then? Because Pierre Gasly put in a really, really astonishing performance in Monaco. Perhaps the characteristics of the racetrack very much helped him to keep hold of um, what was sixth place in the end in front of Lewis Hamilton. But I think Alvatari are another one of those unpredictable teams at the moment. We just don't know exactly where they ended up. And I think one driver who is in desperate need of a strong performance is Yuki Tsunoda, because I think the last four races, I would say, he hasn't been anywhere as quick as what he was in Bahrain. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we, we everyone kind of got very excited about Yuki Tsunoda um, at the start. You know, I mean, I watched his F2 season last year. Brilliant. He was so quick. Um, and then he looked like he was, he was you know, really quick in, in um, Bahrain, you know, points on debut. Amazing. And I think everyone just got a little bit overexcited a little bit quickly. Um, I'm not saying he's, I th- still think he's a good driver, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's a rookie and he needs that experience. He needs more time in the car. Um and uh yeah he's he's had you know in spain he didn't get to race because he's you know had a fault on his car and he had to retire and um i think hopefully with some more experience we'll be able to see some more of that sort of really you know that sort of quickness that we did in f2 and we'll the yuki hype train will start up again um but yeah i think what's important for alfatari is you know pierre gasly does put in these these great performances and i think they need uh, Yuki to be up there backing them up a bit more so they can do things with strategy and things like that to hopefully propel them a little bit further up the field. Before we go on to the sort of the back three teams at the moment, I want to talk about McLaren a little bit because Danny Ricciardo goes into this weekend as a previous race winner with Red Bull in 2017 and he, he had a horrible time in Monaco, contributed by the fact that Landon Norris, who was running third and finished third, he lapped him and Ricciardo just had a race to forget and you know he's I think the last couple of rounds he was before Monaco that is felt it was okay but Baku is one way really really needs to strike yeah absolutely I mean clearly he's um struggling um I think you know he's kind of made some hints that sort of Carlos signs obviously was in the car last year has said kind of like oh yeah it's a bit weird isn't it like there's something about the car that um 
clearly doesn't suit his driving style the way he normally drives. Um, and, you know, they're so close with Ferrari and Carlos has clearly adapted to the Ferrari a lot quicker. And it's so for sort of eventual third in the championship, how that plays out, they, Daniel really needs to be up there and um, be consistently, you know, scoring points in the upper end, you know, top five um, or, you know, upper end of the, of the points so that McLaren can score P3 in the constructors again. Um, because at the moment, if you if you look at the drivers as a whole, Carlos is definitely a lot more secure in the Ferrari. Um, but, you know, I, I think he enjoys Baku, but then he, he enjoys Monaco too. And he had an awful race there. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see a bit more of the um, sort of late breaking moves that we like to see from him. Yeah, with the DRS zones. Now, a reminder, there are two DRS zones on the Baku City Street circuit. The first one after the lap starts is between turns two and three with the, de the detection point at the entry to turn two. And the second DRS zone, which goes on to the start finish straight, the detection point is on the right-hand kink of turn 20, which the DRS zone follows then. So we should expect to see a lot of closed racing, a lot of overtaking, certainly a lot more than what we saw on the streets of Monte Carlo. Ferrari are another team I want to go on, um, Izzy, because remember Charles Leclerc's last incident in Baku where the I'm really stupid thing um, in qualifying as well. Came back through um, to finish in fifth, I think it was, um, setting the fastest up. And we've got to remember back in 2018 when he was in the Sauber, he came home in sixth place to score his first points in Formula One. Yeah, I mean, and obviously after the uh, Monaco curse struck him again, <laughs> he'll definitely be wanting at least a, a race because <laughs> uh, he didn't get any racing laps in, in, in Monaco. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he doesn't uh, hit the wall again, uh, then hopefully he'll he'll have a good race. I, I think you know he is strong in Baku, um, and yeah, I mean I think it definitely. I'm really excited to see it play out and how you know where they will they will end up, especially those you know the sort of McLaren versus uh, Red Mercedes versus Red Bull and McLaren versus Ferrari battles. I think that would definitely be very very interesting. Yeah, from Ferrari to a Ferrari powered Alfa Romeo. Giovinazzi scoring the team's first point of the season in Monaco. Giovinazzi had a good race. Raikkonen, perhaps not so much, but I'm confident that both of them can do well this weekend. Now, Kimi Raikkonen, if you remember two years ago, he started from the pit lane and came through to finish in 10th place, putting a really, really good drive there. And Raikkonen does tend to go well in Baku when you watch him because he, he tends to not necessarily keep it clean. Because if you remember back in 2017, he had his coming together, I think, with, I think it was with Sergio Perez or, um, or someone um, in the race. But he ended up not getting to the checkered flag. But in, in the other ones that he hasn't been involved in incidents, he's shown some good pace um, over the course of the lap. And I think maybe the sort of fast street circuits are where Raikkonen and Giovinazzi tend to do well more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely potential. You know, they've got their first points of the season. So, you know, we talk about momentum quite a lot. You know, hopefully they carry on that momentum. Um, and, you know, as, as we said before, it's you know a track that where incidents can happen and those teams that are sort of lower down the pecking order can often mop up um some points but again you know i do i do think you know kimmy does enjoy the the fast street circuit so hopefully he'll be able to get himself some points yeah and alfa may are looking to continue the reasonable start to the season show some good pace in the opening gear rounds definitely better pace i think 
than what we saw last season. I know we had the cut down in downforce this year, but I think Alfa Romeo seems to have coped with that very, very well. And they've got themselves right in the mix with um, Alpine, Aston Martin, Alfa Tauri, which is good to see. Williams are the next team. Well, George Russell will be hoping for a better luck or a better showing or um, a better track than what we saw last time. If you remember back in FP1 in 2019, George Russell went over a loose drain cover, which damaged the floor of the Williams. Saw him stop out on circuit, brought out the red flag, and it brought the session to an immediate end because the FIA or the stewards needed to make sure that the, all the other drain covers around the circuit were bolted in properly. And to make matters worse, when George Russell's car was on the recovery vehicle, the, if he hit one of the girders um, on the way back into the pits, if, that's, if it's called a girder or something like that, and then the crane, because the crane hit it, all the hydraulic fluid poured out of it and ended up on the engine cover of the Williams, which didn't make Claire Williams, who was the deputy team principal at the time, didn't make her feel too happy about it. So that was just one of the maladies for, uh, for Williams that weekend. They'll be hoping better luck this time around. And with a dogged car that they had in 2018, they got an eighth place finish from there. And of course, Lance Stroll the year before getting a podium. Yeah, they've uh, they've not had uh, um, they've had some good races in in Baku. So hopefully, you know, we keep saying that George Russell getting points in the Williams is is close. It's going to happen soon. You know, I mean, I don't want to jinx it. So Touchwood, hopefully, you know, he'll have a good race and we might get to finally see him getting some points in the Williams. But I also think, you know, Latifi's not had too bad, uh, too bad a season either. So um, hopefully we'll see at least both cars in Q2. Yeah. And Haas, I don't think we can say too much about them. I think they're just playing for pride, to be honest. I mean, yeah, with Mick Schumacher and Nikita Muspin. Mick Schumacher already has experience in the Baku City circuit, as does Nikita Muspin. In fact, both of them raced there in Formula 2 in 2019. So Mick knows his way around it. Nikita does as well. So they should be able to find, well, acclimatise well. But I just think with the pace of the house, I don't think we can expect too much from them. I think it's just very much experience for the pair of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're going to find ourselves saying this pretty much every week, you know, unless a miracle happens. You know, the, the Haas is, it just looks like not the most fun car to drive, really. Um, hopefully, because both of their drivers know the circuit, they'll be able to sort of get some really good data or, you know, they get a lot of laps in and they don't have to think too much about learning a new circuit. And so they'll be able to sort of, you know, really concentrate on how they get the best out of the car rather than concentrating on, you know, if they're turning left or right kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the best they can do. Yeah, I think... To be honest, I can't see them anywhere above um, the front, uh, the back row of the grid. And Mick Schumacher is targeting a Q2 appearance at some point during the year, whichever circuit that may be, we don't quite know yet. But hopefully, Mick Schumacher or Nikita Mussel can find a way to get to Q2 at some point this year. Probably not in Baku this weekend, given the speed advantage you need on the straights, which is where I think they lack, and maybe some uh, bonding speed as well. Let's go on to a bit of news. There aren't any, there aren't too many news in the last week or so, Izzy, but one of the news that I did most find is that um, someone called Graham Stoker, who has launched a bid to replace current FIA president Jean Tott, who will step down following the conclusion of his third and final term at the head of the motorsports governing body. Stoker will go up against FIA vice president for mobility and sports, Mohammed Ben Salayam, who announced his own presidency campaign in March under the FIA for members slogan. Stoker, a British barrister, currently holds the position of FIA Deputy 
president under Tots and has been in that position for 12 years. Stoker has appointed nine-time Le Mans winner Tom Christensen as his candidate for deputy president for sport alongside Belgium's Thierry Villemark, who is standing to continue as deputy president for mobility. And New Zealand's Brian Gibbons, who is standing to continue as president of the FIA Senate, or Senate, I should say. We stand for FIA for all across most sport, across sports and mobility, safety and sustainability, competition and trusted services, Stoker said in a media release. An all-inclusive FIA that welcomes and works for every motorsport competitor and road user worldwide, regardless of race, nationality and gender. An FIA that faces future challenges and that plays an important role on the global stage. Our member clubs, both mobility and motorsport, are at the heart of our 117-year-old federation, and it has always been our key priority to support and develop our clubs. But also to reach out to our motorsport stakeholders and supporters across the globe, our volunteers, competitors, teams, promoters, and our unique industry, as well as the great many motorists who rely on our services worldwide. I want the FIA and our members club of member clubs to gain global influence across all aspects of sports and mobility, emerging transport and energy trends. We will, we will build on the outstanding work of President Sean Tots over the last 12 years and are proud to have been able to help introduce many new innovative programmes and resources to support members and have assisted the President in developing our clubs and building the FIA into a strong, respected and influential international organisation. Our core belief is an FIA for all, which will continue to strengthen our federation for our members, our sports and our society. So we don't know for sure who will succeed Sean Tott as FIA president. Graham Stoker is putting in his bid to take over. Now, we don't quite know enough about who Graham Stoker is, apart from the fact that he's a barrister, as it mentioned in the article. But what's the way forward for when Sean Tott leaves? as FIA president? Well, I think, you know, in my opinion, we, it need, the sort of momentum that started over the last year to promote more diversity um, and inclusion definitely needs to carry on. Um, you know, we've got to keep moving forward. The world keeps moving forward. So as a sort of sport, you can't sort of stay stuck in the past. So I think it's definitely really that for me. Um, if I had any say in the matter, which I don't, is sort of the key, key, um, key thing that I'd want to to carry on. Mm -hmm. So we should find out soon enough later in the year because um, Shantot has been FIA president since two thousand and nine. So if this is going to be his third and final term, we should have confirmation of who will succeed him as FIA president, which would be very interesting. It will coincide with the new changes to the Formula One cars, and of course, you know, with potentially new races coming up in the future. You know, we've got Jeddah that's coming up later this year got Miami as well. So it'll be interesting to see what markets the likes of the FA person or in fact the likes of Liberty Media, Ross Braun, who's the director of motorsport, maybe interested to how they will go about going to new venues in the um, in the future or perhaps revisiting some of those that they've done in the past, like with Imola and um Nurburgring as well. There's a lot of new there's a lot of circuits out there that could feasibly be hosting races, but as ever in Formula One, with the way it evolves, they'll always be going to new events, whether it's every year, every two years, whatever, they will be going to new venues. On the track, um, Guan Yu Xiao and Oscar Piastri, both drivers who were part of the Alpine Academy, is he? 
Um, have added to their Formula One experience at Silverstone. So Alpine Juniors Guan Yu Zhou and Oscar Piastri gained more experience with a Formula One car this week as they took part in a private test at Silverstone. Both drivers were behind the wheel of a Renault RS18, which was used throughout the 2018 F1 campaign. Piastri opened the private test on Tuesday of last week in damp conditions, clocking 86 laps in what was his second F1 test. Show in much drier settings, set 106 laps on the Wednesday. It was a great experience driving Formula One car again. There are not many better combinations than driving an F1 car fast around Silverstone, Piastri said. It was a little bit wet in the morning, but we completed a lot of laps in the afternoon with a, with a few qualifying and race simulations thrown in there too. I've learned a lot from the day and it will stick in my mind for a long time. Hopefully it's the first of many experiences here driving an F1 car at Silverstone. Joe added, it was so nice coming from Monaco to Silverstone and feeling the amazing downforce in a Formula One car. I adjusted to the car straight away, even though it was my first time in an F1 car this year. We had some light rain at Silverstone, but it didn't impact our plan too much. And I'm happy with the progress we made as a team and for me personally. Both drivers will now switch their focus to the upcoming Formula 2 round in Baku, which will be the third round of the season. With two victories and one further podium to his name so far in 2021, Joe leads the Drivers' Championship, holding a 16-point lead over second place Piastri, who has a single victory and two further podiums in the series. Well, Piastri and Joe, as well as doing very, very well in Formula 2 at the moment, they've got a bit more taste of a Formula 1 car at no better than Silverstone. You know, can you think of a better place than Silverstone to be testing a Formula 1 car at or just doing a private test? But nevertheless, it's good experience for them. And I think Piastri some time ago came out, said that two years in F2 is the target for him before he makes the jump into F1. And I think for Joe this year is make or break, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's his third season in F2 for, for Joe. Right. Um, so, uh, so you know, he kind of, you know, once you get into to that point, you, you need to sort of be making the, the next steps up the ladder, really. Um, and I know he did, I think he did quite a, quite a bit of testing last year when they were running the car for Alonso in preparation for him returning to the sport. Um, so it's really good for him to to get back in the car this year, to get those miles in. Um, and hopefully, you know, there'll be an opening somewhere for, for him soon. Um, and I think, you know, with them being top two in that in the F2 championship, it's almost a bit of a reward. I think I think it was uh, Guan Yu Zhou's birthday yesterday or something like that. So nice birthday present for him getting to to drive an F1 car. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're both doing they've, they've started off really strong uh, in their, their F2 season. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the point of driver academies is that they get to spend some time testing, testing F1 cars. So it's good to, to see them be able to do that. Yeah, and touching your point there, Juan Show did turn 22 on the Sunday, the 30th of May. So he'll be going to the next round of Formula 2 as a 22-year-old. So best of luck to Juan Show. Hopefully he can come away with a good performance to keep hold of the lead in the FIA Formula 2 Championship. We will be covering that in the support series in next week's show as well. So back to Formula 1 this weekend, which is the only other championship which will be competing in Baku this weekend, Izzy. Who you say are going to be, I mean, obviously Mercedes and Red Bull are going to be in the fight for pole position, but you have to say, who could really stir a surprise this weekend? Um, well, I think, you know, the the pace of the Ferraris last weekend was really good. Um, I think maybe it'd be nice to see Perez on pole. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, 
we know the Red Bull's a race-winning car and, and Perez hasn't necessarily had the best of luck yet this season. Um, so it'd be nice to see him sort of more towards the podium positions. Um, and he has gone well around around Baku before, so maybe Perez is a bit further up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think Perez, he needs... There's not too much pressure on him to go for the championship. I mean, obviously, he needs to be very instrumental in Red Bull's pursuit of the constructors. So if he can get ahead of Verstappen, I mean, the only time I remember he outqualified Verstappen was at Imola, where he got on the front row. And he didn't have as good of a race that time. But I just think with Perez, with the fact that he knows the Baku street circuit very well, he's done very well in the past, getting two podiums. I think he's the only driver other than Lewis Hamilton to have been on the podium twice in Baku. I'm just trying to remember, it was Rosberg, Brom, Vettel and Perez in 2016. In 2017, it was Ricardo, Bottas and Stroll. 2018, it was Hamilton, Raikkonen and Perez. In 2019, it was Bottas, Hamilton and Vettel. So in fact, other than Hamilton, Bottas and Vettel, Perez is the only other driver to have finished on the podium twice. So I think with Perez's knowledge of the Baku City Street Circuit, it should make up for make up for an interesting Grand Prix on um, on Sunday itself. In terms of the number of laps, in case you want to know, it's a 51 lap um, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. The circuit's six kilometres, making up the 306 kilometre race distance. The first Grand Prix, as we mentioned earlier, it was in 2016, as the European Grand Prix was. The first Azerbaijan Grand Prix staging was the following year. So it'll be at the forefront of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, the fifth Formula 1 race to be held in Baku. Let's do some predictions this weekend then. Uh, Izzy, it's that time in the show. Who are you going for poll and who will be your top three? Um, I'm going to go for Hamilton for poll because I think he'll... Oh, am I? Okay, we've just been talking about Perez. I'm going to change my mind. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to go for Perez for poll because Flexi wings. And uh, he knows Baku. But then I'm going to go Hamilton to win the race because I know that he'll be wanting to come back and you know we get him winning all the time um so then i'm gonna go hamilton perez verstappen okay i've yeah. not really got any i've just off the top of my head <laughs> that's what i've decided I'm just hold names out <laughs> not really got reasoning um yeah yeah i what i would say is i mean the thing is if we get a safety car after the first 10 laps i mean if we get a safety car at the beginning it won't make that much difference but if we get a safety car after about mm. 10 laps which is what we saw in 2017, and then all the chain events just came as it did. Um, I would say Hamilton will still win the race. In fact, I didn't go on to pole, did I? I'll say for stopping to, um, to get pole because of the limbo wing, which Rebel will be using this weekend that's been under fire recently. Hamilton will win the race, Perez second, and for stopping third. So I'm going to go with you um, on this occasion. So I think we are going to agree um, on the same prediction there. We'll leave it there, Izzy, because we are out of time. Thank you for, to everyone who's joining for this podcast. Next week, Tina Sorara, Hannah Pethurk and Jack Taylor will be with me to review the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. From Izzy and all of us at Motorspot Week, it's goodbye. <laughs>